the fantasy's finest fantasy football podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, fantasy world? We got a brand new episode for you guys for the fantasy's finest podcast. It's that Sunday morning edition. Got to get you guys set for week seven. Um, the bipocalypse, this thing is no joke. It's killing me. And if you have lineups like I do across your fantasy leagues, this whole thing is ridiculous, man. We're, we're missing the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're all on bye weeks for week seven. And if you've got lineups stacked with those kind of players, you know, your C.D. Lambs, your Dak Prescotts, your Justin Herberts, Josh Allens, Stefan Diggs, Dalvin Cooks, et cetera, et cetera. You're missing those guys this week. It's it's hard out here in these uh, fantasy streets, man. It is this week. Like I'm going through I've been racking my brain trying to figure out what players I can get off waivers to help my fantasy team this week. And when I tell you it's a struggle, it is a struggle. We're going to get into uh, setups for week uh, seven, your starts for week seven, um, trying to navigate through the bipocalypse. And I'm going to give you some guys I'm looking forward to, uh, not trading for, but I want to see them being traded this fantasy season uh, prior to the November, the NFL's November 2nd trade deadline. We've gotten a lot of rumors going on about certain players, uh, especially with uh, Deshaun Watson being one of those uh, more recent. So we're going to get into that later on in the episode. But I'm going to give you my week seven starts and then we'll get into um, that trade talk towards the end of the episode. And then we'll close this baby down. But we got a ton of stuff to get into during our news segment. A lot of players are out. And that's another thing, man. The, the I'm already losing players on bye weeks. Now I'm losing players, too, on top of that. From injuries, like I can't catch a break. <laughs> I can't catch a break on my fantasy teams this week. And I, I got a thread on Twitter uh, at hype underscore finest. As a matter of fact, let me get the particulars out of the way. You can follow me on on Twitter at hype underscore finest. You can follow Jalen at ace underscore ECA four. And you can follow Mark at McNux on Twitter. You make sure you follow the fantasy's finest podcast on Twitter too at fantasy's finest. Follow us on IG and Facebook under the same handle. And make sure you hit that subscribe button, man. Hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many more. So what are the particulars out of the way? Yo, I'm losing guys left and right on from injuries and the bye week combined. And I'm not the only one. Like I have a thread on Twitter and a lot of t- a lot of players, fantasy managers are dealing with the same thing. So, I mean, we'll get into some stuff um, news wise in our new segment about who's going to be out, what kind of pivots you can make. I'm going to try and get you some options, but man, it's really tight out here. If you I had one guy tell me on, on a thread, he was like, that's why you have to make sure when you're drafting that everybody that you pick isn't all stacked up on the same bye week. And he's right. I have to. I'm gonna retweet that when I when I go back and check. But he's right. He's not wrong. But it's like, man, 
you know, you knew they were, the buys were coming, but you did you don't realize it when you draft, but when it hits you, <laughs> it's crazy. But well, let's get into the news and see who's playing, who's not, um, and what kind of moves we can make because it's getting real tight out here. So let's 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 get through the bipocalypse together. Let's head on to the news. News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, A.J. Brown has been dealing with a bad case of the BGs, the bubble guts. He apparently had some bad fast food. He's been dealing with uh, illness. It's probably uh, related to like food poisoning off some fat food, fast food he ate. Uh, he took to Twitter to talk about it a bit. Um, he nearly missed week six against the Buffalo Bills. He should be ready to go um, against the Chiefs in week seven. And later reports have confirmed that he is ready to go. Uh, so you should be having him in your lineups. I'll get into more of that later because he's one of my starts this week. Bills tight end Dawson Knox had hand surgery. Uh, he was injured during a week six game against the Tennessee Titans. He's expected to miss the next three weeks. Julio Jones, who was knocked out of the week six game versus the Buffalo Bills, uh, was dealing with a hamstring injury. He's expected to be ready this week uh, for week seven. Just keep an eye on that because Julio's been dinged up. So you might be a little nervous starting him, but at this point you might have to. (laughs) Baker Mayfield, he's not been ruled out for week eight. He wasn't able to play on Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. I'm still kind of pissed about that because I picked the Broncos to win that game. I mean, think about it. The Broncos are relatively healthy, give or take a few players, but you're going up against Case Keenum. You're not facing Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Odell Beckham is dealing with a shoulder injury. He ended up he didn't get he didn't leave the game, but he wasn't really effective that game. They don't really have a passing attack, which is dumbed down because there's no Baker Mayfield. You had a prime opportunity to take this game and you lose to Case Keenum. You know, when Mark comes back, he's got to hear it. I've been letting him have it in the chats and on social media. and He's not returning my tech, my uh, tweets on social media. <laughs> so when he comes back on the show, you know, we got to let him have it. Alex Collins, he hasn't been able to practice. He wasn't able to practice, rather, all week. Then he practices on Saturday, and Pete Carroll says he's going to be ready to go against the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. You talk about being upset. And not, you know, Alex Collins being able to play, that's good. Um, I'm not being upset about that. I'm just saying... He hasn't practiced all week up until Saturday. They, I guess the point was to get him rest and then see how he was on Saturday, give him a limited session and then come in and then let him play. But my, I'm thinking like, cause he's, he's one of the reasons why he's killing me because like many other fantasy managers who may have picked up Rashad Penny, who was supposed to be coming off of IR and maybe being ready to play, for week seven, now with Alex Collins in a way, you it's kind of tentative. Like for me, 
I'm pivoting. Like, I can't take the risk right now on some of my teams where I need a running back. I have to move to a more secure option. Like, um, I went and grabbed Mark Ingram off of waivers. Now, I did say before, I tweeted it on, um, I put it on Twitter. I'm actually looking to grab Mark Ingram anyway, um, ahead of Tyrod Taylor being able to come back. So that way, I think the run game is, I mean, the Houston Texans offense is going to be what it is for the rest of the season. But Mark Ingram is getting the bigger share of the work um, among all those running backs like Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. But with Tyrod Taylor there, I think they're slightly more dangerous with Mark Ingram getting the volume that he's getting. So I might as well pick him up now and hold on to him until my guys come back from buys. And, you know, maybe he's a RB3 flex option for one of my fantasy teams, depending on who I have. But I was hoping Rashad Penny was going to be the guy I could just plug in and let him rock on Monday Night Football. But with Alex Collins in there and he's still dealing with the groin injury, he's not 100 percent. So he could come in and start and then get knocked out now or he could play the whole game and they split um, work between Alex Collins and Rashad Penny. I can't play those kind of mind games right now. So for me, I'm moving to another option that's more safe. And depending on the league that I have, if I'm desperate, I got to plug Rashad Penny in and hope for the best. But my first initial move, I'm moving on. I can't can't take that chance. So let me know what you would do. Jerry Judy is expected to return in week eight against the Washington football team. He's been activated from IR. And they have a 21-day window to activate him um, and put him on the active roster. Uh, we mentioned that in our last episode. Players who are going to be out this week. Antonio Brown. That hurt. I actually just traded for him. I flipped Najee Harris for Antonio Brown and Kareem Hunt. And I lose both of them this week. <laughs> you talk about kicking the nads. Like, that's, that's the tough part that's a tough pill to swallow. Like, so I've been, um, I think in that league, that's my ballers league. I already had Rashad, Rashad Bateman on uh, my bench. So he's getting a start this week. And I think I have Michael Pittman and T Higgins starting for my wide receivers this week. Cause I have Amari Cooper, Antonio Brown, and I think, uh, chase Claypool. So they're all gone for buys and injuries. So that's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, come on, give me a break. (laughs) Rob Gronkowski is out this week. Uh, He's still dealing with the rib injury. T.Y. Hilton is another guy who I lost this week. Um, He's dealing with a quiet injury. He's already been ruled out. Sammy Watkins and Latavius Murray, they're also out for this week. Tyreek Hill was dealing with a quiet injury, uh, but he's slated to be able to play against the Tennessee Titans for week seven. The Giants have a host of injuries this week with Evan Ingram, uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and John Ross. The latter, the three latter, the well, wide receivers, they're all dealing with hamstring injuries. Evan Ingram is dealing with a calf injury, injury, excuse me, and they're all listed as questionable. So just keep your eye on any late changes uh, heading into kickoff. Washington football team Antonio Gibson is dealing with a shin injury. He is listed as questionable. They're playing the Green Bay Packers. Um, 
you might just want to temper expectations because the Packers may just end up blowing the doors off of them. You have to wait and not wait and see is, you know, the Washington defense isn't that great. And Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This could get out of hand really early. Um, So if you have J.D. McKissick, might want to plug him in. And because, you know, he's going to get more. What is up with that? Why isn't Antonio Gibson getting the passing down work? They blew this kid up all offseason about him being Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's going to get a lot of work. He's getting a lot of rushing attempts, but you're not involving him in a passing game like you are with J.D. McKissick. Like, Ron Rivera, what the heck are you doing, man? You're killing us. You're killing us out here. Get Gibson some passing down work. He can he can handle it. He's shown that he can handle the passing down work. Get him more involved in the passing game, please. Thank you. Sincerely, the fantasy managers of 2021. Eagles get back Dallas Goddard, who was activated from the COVID reserve list. He's he was able to practice on Friday and he is slated to play in week seven. Uh, we already talked about Alex Collins. Darren Waller picked up an ankle injury uh, this weekend. He's expected to play against the Eagles, but he's listed as questionable. Bears get back Damian Williams, who was activated from the COVID list, too. He's expected to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Yeesh, because <laughs> we know the Bucks defense is pretty tough on running backs. And uh, staying with the Bears real quick. Allen Robinson is listed as questionable as he is dealing with an ankle injury. Jamichael Hasty, the 49ers running back, is activated from the um, 49ers IR. He's expected to play week seven against the Colts. This will be interesting to see because you already have Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon as the perceived one and twos. But Sermon has been, you know, for lack of a better word, useless so far in fantasy. He's had one great game out of the the what five six weeks he's been out there. So maybe if you are desperate enough, grab Jermichael Hasty and hope for the best because I I can't really see unless something changed over the bye for the 49ers that they're going to start all of a sudden start excuse me all of a sudden start using Trey Sermon in concert with Elijah Mitchell. That's what we hoped for. That's what I hoped for. But we haven't seen that to this point. So unless they start doing things differently coming out of the bye, it's uh, what did Samuel Jackson say in Jurassic Park? Uh, hold on to your butts <laughs> to see what happens with the 49ers backfield uh, for week seven. It could be very telling. Chase Edmonds was dealing with a shoulder injury. He's off the final injury report for week seven. They take on the Texans. He's a guy that you should be having in your lineups. And that is it. Any last minute changes ahead of the 1 p.m. kickoff, you know, we got you covered. So make sure you follow the Fantasy's Finest Twitter account for the latest updates. That's it for the news. Now let's get into the week seven starts. And now for our feature presentation. Okay, okay, okay. You guys know how I do. So I'm going to start from the top down and give you some options for week seven. We know we got to start with the QB streamers, and I'm looking at Matt Ryan versus the Miami Dolphins. Ryan got off to a slow start. 
but he's been able to pick it up and take advantage of some easier matchups the last two weeks. He's been averaging over 25 fantasy points over the same span, uh, dropping 20-plus fantasy points against both Washington and the New York Jets. The Dolphins' defense has been, you know, poo-poo bad over the last couple weeks. They've been giving up over 300-plus yards, passing over the last two games to Tom Brady and Trevor Lawrence. The Dolphins are also giving up the fourth most passing yards and have surrendered 13 touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks so far with Ryan's ascension and the decline of the Miami Dolphins defense. I think this is a good streaming option, especially since they get Calvin Ridley back this week too. Uh, So if you're pressed to get a quarterback since you're missing guys like, you know, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> let me stop playing. I mean, Kurt ain't been that bad, but if you're missing like Dak Prescott or uh, Justin Herbert or Josh Allen, Matt Ryan might be able to give you an advantage this week. My second guy, and these, and these are not just, I'm not just giving you these options because I think that they're good. These are guys that I've been plugging into my lineups too. So I got to walk it like I talk it. And I'm definitely walking it this, uh, talking it this week, walking and talking because Jesus Christ, there's my leagues are very tight. These guys do not play when it comes to waivers. It's they, it's constantly being picked over. Like even before I came on to record, I've been getting notices for waiver wire activity for most of the night. So these guys don't play. So if you don't make moves to grab them, you're not going to grab these guys. You're not going to get these guys. So always make sure that you check waivers for options. Waiver wire is your friend. Now, my second guy is Jameis Winston. They take on the Seattle Seahawks for week seven. Winston actually cooked the Washington defense last week threw four touchdowns on them. And now he gets a Seattle defense that's been given up. That's already given up 10 passing touchdowns this season. The Seattle's giving up the fifth most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks averaging about 292 yards per game. Winston has, he's been up and down, um, but I think this is a game where he can take advantage and um, do some damage because Geno Smith isn't that good. um, And more than likely they'll see more of the Seattle defense than Geno Smith actually doing, putting in work. Um, I feel, I kind of feel bad if you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett because they're, they're getting hit in terms of fantasy value with Geno Smith. They're looking for Russell Wilson to come back as soon as possible. Let's move on to the running back position. Daryl Henderson, the Rams running back. He's taking on the Detroit Lions. He's got a pretty good matchup this week. He's currently the RB 13 on the season. He's been able to do the job. I, I I'll be honest. I had a chance to grab him in a couple of leagues and I kind of, and I whiffed on him. I'm not regretting it yet, but he's been doing damage. And Matt, Matthew Stafford has got the Rams offense clicking on all cylinders. He's averaging about 18 fantasy points per game. And he gets a juicy matchup against the Detroit Lions this week. The Lions are giving up the most fantasy points to running backs, about 27 fantasy points per game. They've given up the seventh most rushing yards to opposing running backs, and they're giving them about 4.3 yards per attempt. 
with all the weapons that you have to deal with when dealing with the Rams, Daryl Henderson is going to eat. He should eat this game. Henderson is averaging about 16 carries per game. So, and that's not counting his, uh, his work in the passing game too. So Daryl Henderson should be a lock this week. And this one may surprise people, but Miles Sanders versus the Las Vegas Rams. <laughs> the Las Vegas Rams. The Las Vegas Raiders. Let's let's get that right. The Raiders. Now, I get what you may be thinking. Sanders hasn't done squat so far this season. Nick Sirianni refuses to run the ball with Miles Sanders. Totally understand it. Valid points. But the cries for him to run the ball have been louder than they've ever been heading into this week. And there's a good reason for that. The Raiders are giving up the eighth most rushing yards on the season, and they're allowing average of 4.6 yards per attempt to opposing running backs. There's no excuse for Nick Sirianni to not run the ball this week against a team that's giving it up to opposing running backs. If he doesn't run the ball this week with Miles Sanders, there is no hope for the Eagles offense. No hope whatsoever. They, it's been almost two months. <laughs> we're almost at the end of, we're basically at the end of October. We got one more week. They haven't ran the ball with Miles Sanders to any kind of effectiveness whatsoever. And Sanders is averaging 4.7 yards per carry. There's no excuse. There's no excuse whatsoever. He's only getting nine and a half attempts per game. What? Jalen Hurts is in his, this is basically Jalen Hurts' rookie season. You got to give that man something to work with. And y'all know, if you listen to the show, y'all know, I'm not an Eagles advocate. I could care less. But in fantasy, you can't be biased. You're going to need some of these players. Jalen Hurts is actually, he. well, he's more garbage king now. Garbage time king. But he's still a top 10 quarterback in fantasy right now. Miles Sanders should be up there. He should be getting at least 17 carries a game. Take some pressure off of Jalen Hurts and let them use the run game to help him out. It, it It's not a very difficult concept. And I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a professional coach or anything like that. But if you watch football, you know, you got to run the ball. <laughs> you don't have the in my opinion the Eagles don't have the weaponry at wide receiver to go toe to toe with some of the offenses that they are going to see this season. I mean, we've already seen some other matchups like the Chiefs, the Cowboys, um you know, these are teams that can put up points on you. You don't have the capacity to go toe to toe with them like that. But what you can do is control the clock, use Miles Sanders to run the ball, Take take over time of possession and keep those offenses off the field and help out your defense. But sheesh, like Miles Sanders should be in a breakout year this year, and he's being handicapped by the Eagles offense. But this looks like a game where he could have a breakout game if they run the ball with him. So it's a little risky, 
But if you're in a position like I am and you're tight, if you have Miles Sanders, you got to got to try and hope for the best this week. Now, let's move on to the wide receivers. A.J. Brown, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, He's finally back after being in the game with the Bills, um, dealing with sickness and the hamstring injury that made him miss week five. He saw nine targets with from uh, Ryan Tannehill, seven catches for 91 yards. Uh, and I mentioned this uh, in the last episode, too, during our in and out segment. I wasn't buying the fact that they were going to keep him on some kind of snap count um, because the next couple of teams that they are going to take on are high powered offenses. Now, I was I will say I will admit that I was wrong about how they would attack the Buffalo Bills. I actually thought that they were going to be ha- there was going to be more of a shootout. And they were going to have to go. They're going to have to match them uh, point for point. And it kind of turned out that way. But I thought it was going to be more through the air as opposed to. But Derrick Henry just did to them. (laughs) Good Lord. Derrick Henry is unstoppable. I think we have to not we as in me, because I certainly wasn't doing it. But the fantasy community, those in the fantasy community, we got to stop trying to declare Derrick Henry dead on arrival. This dude is putting up points in PPR, just rushing the ball. <laughs> he's not catching passes. He's doing more damage. He's or just as just as much damage in standards leagues as he's doing in PPR leagues. And without catching a ton of passes. It's ridiculous. He's getting so much work that he's nullified two stand two uh formats of fantasy football. <laughs> he don't care. He don't care about PPR getting points per reception. He's gonna get thirty carries a game, and he's getting all of the red zone looks. Nobody's coming behind Derrick Henry to get the ball. <laughs> so he's he's mad, he's format proof. <laughs> But whatever the case, this is about A.J. Brown, and I think this is an opportunity for A.J. Brown to continue to be involved in the passing game. The Chiefs sport one of the best offenses in the league, despite their struggles on defense and their, uh, what are they, 3-3 three and three record right now. But that's not the point. The point is that the Chiefs can still put up points on you quickly and in a hurry, and before you know it, you'll be down in double digits. So, Look for A.J. Brown to be involved this week. The Chiefs are giving up just over 24 fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So this looks like a good matchup uh, for A.J. Brown this week. My next guy is Rashad Bateman. Um, Like I told you, some of my leagues, it's really tight out here. So I had to call up Rashad Bateman this week because I'm missing like every wide receiver. I think uh, my ballers league, I have CeeDee Lamb. Chase Claypool, Michael Pittman, Antonio Brown, and like three of the and Amari Cooper, and all my big guns are on buys this week. So I have to get something from somebody. I think in one league, my uh, Hustlers League, I had to drop my kicker. <laughs> I had to drop my kicker to grab another wide receiver so that I can have a chance to play and get some points. I've had to do that in two leagues. I'm like, this, the bye weeks will screw you up, man. I, that's that's all I can say. But Rashad Bateman, 
He's playing the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Um, I think this is a solid desperation play if you have to play him. Uh, We mentioned earlier during our news segment that Sammy Watkins is out. He's still dealing with a hamstring injury. And in Bateman's first game back, he saw six targets from uh, Lamar Jackson. So the opportunity should be there for him to be involved in that offense. You know, the Bengals may have to pay more attention to Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown as they're more of the more dominant offensive weapons for the Ravens. So there may be a chance where Rashad Bateman can get more involved in the offense and see and build off of that report that he had with um, Lamar Jackson in week six. The Bengals are giving up the 10th fewest fantasy points uh, to opposing wide receivers, just around 21, 21 fantasy points per game. So, like I said, they may need to focus on stopping Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown as a deep threat. And that may allow Rashad Bateman to wiggle through and uh, get involved. Now, moving on to the tight ends. O.J. Howard versus the Chicago Bears. This is my pick for this week. Rob Gronkowski is out. He's out for another week. He's still dealing with a rib injury. And it's more. It's going to be more of the Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard show. But there was a bit of a shift last week against the Eagles between Bray and Howard. Bray was actually out-targeted by Howard 7-4. And O.J. Howard saw more snaps in week six against the Eagles than Cameron Bray. He saw about 65% of the snaps as opposed to the 59% that Cameron Bray saw. And Howard also caught a touchdown. So if that's the case and there's going to be a a change between the usage between uh, Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard, I'm going to lean towards O.J. Howard this week. Um, if they continue to get if Howard continues to get that work, especially with Antonio Brown out this week, um, you may see uh, Tyler Johnson has been a popular name to be a sleeper for this week. But I think they'll lean on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and continue to use both of those tight ends. But I'm liking Howard this week in this matchup. The The Bears aren't giving up a ton of fantasy points to opposing tight ends. The fifth fewest um, in fantasy points allowed to the position they actually managed to slow down darren waller um in week five and robert tyan's already been non-existent this season so he wasn't much of a factor in week six but like i said with mike evans chris godwin and you also have to deal with lee uh i was about to call him leonardo (laughs) leonard fournette and chris uh giovanni bernard out of the backfield i think there's going to be more than enough targets from tom brady to get the tight ends involved and be effective in this game. My next guy at tight end, I'm going with Dallas Goddard versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Goddard wasn't much of a factor in week six against the Panthers, but he should be more involved this week, especially since Zach Ertz is gone. He's been traded to the Arizona Cardinals, and now Dallas Goddard is trying to earn that bag because he's in a contract year this year, so he's going to be more involved in the offense. Um, He's going to be more relied on by Jalen Hurts. And, you know, he should be one of the more he should be the one of the focal points in an Eagles passing attack anyway. So uh, the Raiders are giving up uh, nearly 11 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. That's good for seventh most per fantasydata.com. That seems like a good matchup, especially since the Eagles love to chuck the ball for whatever reason. I mean, like I told you guys before, 
run the ball. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Run the ball more. But when you're going to pass the ball, Dallas Goddard is going to be one of those guys that Jalen Hurts is going to rely on. So look for Dallas Goddard to have a good game this week. Hopefully. Keep your fingers crossed. Now, I talked about some of the guys that I wanted to see traded uh, possibly before the new the uh, November 2nd trade deadline. Um, the big thing that's been going on around media circles is the Deshaun Watson um, trade or the trade rumors because the Texans apparently either they can't get any trade offers or they can't get what they want because it seemed like all of the beat writers for the Houston Texans were saying the same thing about um, Deshaun Watson's uh, and the Miami Dolphins are heating up in trade negotiations and or trade talks and there's going to be something coming down by the end of the week and blah, blah, blah. It's Sunday and we haven't seen anything like that. So it could have been all puff. But I think that this is something that is going to happen. I don't think that. I think that off the top, Houston is going to have to come off of their price. You're not going to get. I don't think that you're going to get a team to give up what the Houston Texans are asking for, for Deshaun Watson. Is he worth that? Talent wise? Yes. But because of his legal troubles, the uncertainty on what would happen if you trade for him, because once he's traded, he will be allowed to, he should be allowed to play. But there's some, there's a cloud hanging over that because the NFL could put him on the exempt list. Um, Josina Anderson pointed out on Twitter that Deshaun Watson could be subject to the league's uh, conduct policy guidelines where he could be suspended. Um, And we know Roger Goodell tends to make that stuff up as he goes. So you don't know how long he's going to be suspended. We're already in, we're already heading into week seven right now. Let's say the trade goes down this week and the league decides to give him some kind of suspension. We could be looking at anywhere between, and this is just my guess. This is not anything official, but he could see maybe upwards to eight games. So a team that's trading for him, especially with what the details of the rumor trades were already with it being a possible three team trade and uh, two attack of Iloa was going to be involved and he was going to end up being traded to uh, Washington in the deal and um, you know, all of that circumstance that was going on with the rumors. If I'm the dolphins and I trade for Deshaun Watson and then he gets suspended and I already traded to a tag of Iloa to get this deal done. Now I'm, I'm, I'm messed up because now I don't have a quarterback that can start to help me out. So there's going to need to be some concessions. Houston is not going to be able. I don't think they're going to be able to get that kind of package for Deshaun Watson just because of his legal troubles. They can move him, but they're going to have to come off that price. Um, and the second part of that trade with Tua Tagovailoa, I'm not buying Brian Flores. He came out earlier this week and said, you know, Tua's our quarterback and, you know, he's our guy. And that all sounds good. But these rumors aren't coming from just random people. They're coming from somewhere. And they, they've been consistent from the offseason all the way up until this point. 
nobody is just randomly making these things up. They're coming from somewhere and they're coming from somewhere at the top. So if they're not in on Tua, get, you know, move on. It's, it's okay to say that you can move on from Tua. You're getting a guy. If you're trying to get Deshaun Watson, you're getting a guy who's established, who has the talent. He's always considered one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, top 10, depending on who you talk to. But Deshaun Watson is an established talent. We totally understand that. Tua going to Washington will give Washington a quarterback of the future that they can build around because they don't have any options at quarterback. Taylor Heineke is starting to taper off. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a bridge guy. We all knew that coming into the season, except maybe I won't diss all of them, but a handful of Washington fans thought that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to take him to the promised land. Let's stop kidding ourselves. He hasn't been to the playoffs but one time in his career. Let's be real. But the Washington football team don't have a quarterback of the future. And based on some of the reports I've read, they're not really crazy about any of the guys coming out this season. I mean, next season uh, during the draft. So why not get it, take a chance on a guy who has shown to be talented at the very least, but could be even better in a, in a different system. And I think Ron Rivera is a very capable uh, head coach. I think he can get more out of Tua Tagovailoa than what Brian Flores is getting out of him now. Um, it's just a matter of if they make that trade. Another guy who I think is on the block, Odell Beckham. He hasn't been getting involved in the offense like I thought he was when he came back. He is seeing some of the targets, but him and Baker Mayfield just don't mesh. And this isn't just this season. This has been going on for the last, I'm going to say, two seasons between Odell being hurt and him and him and Baker Mayfield just look awkward out there. Like, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look like they're connecting. So you already have uh, Odell Beckham's not getting any younger. You're going to need to figure out whether you're going to pay Baker Mayfield this offseason. He's got to have shoulder surgery. It's, it's a lot of questions floating around there, but... If you can flip Odell Beckham before November 2nd, I'd probably pull the trigger. That's why I'm at least I'm at least stashing Odell Beckham in some of my leagues. He's hit the waiver wire in a couple of mine. I'm taking a chance on whether or not they trade him. And if they do, hopefully he lands into a, a better spot. Um, I want to say the Chiefs, but they did just pick up Josh Gordon. Uh, who else could use him? I, the Eagles could use him. That's for sure. Would it cost them a first? Probably not. It's probably about, I would, if it costs a second, maybe a, a third, I would pull the trigger. Cause you get in now, if you get Devonte Smith, Devonta Smith with Odell Beckham, that's a nice wide receiver core. And then you have, um, who's that? Who's that third? Uh, Jalen Reger. Throw him into the slot with Beckham, Rigger, and Smith. Now that that looks that looks kind of nice. That looks kind of nice, especially for the way they like to chuck the ball around. But I'm looking for Odell Beckham to get flipped before November second. Marlon Mack is another guy. This is one of the rumors that has been talked about. 
um, a little earlier in the season. Marlon Mack wants to be traded, which is, you know, his right to do so. He's 25 years old. Um, you know, they have Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines. They have Jordan Wilkins in the back just in case something happens to Jonathan Taylor. There's no real place for Marlon Mack right now on the Colts offense. So it's time for him to move on. There are plenty of teams that could use him. Um, Atlanta was one of them that I thought that they were going to pull the trigger and get him in um, during the offseason because of the fact that they didn't have a running back on their roster after getting rid of Todd Gurley. They went and picked up Mike Davis. But has that really worked out so far this season? But if you bring in a guy who's at least, I won't even say at least, he's better than Mike Davis. But if you bring him in, he's younger, he's better, he fits that kind of, to me, he fits that kind of style. If I'm wrong, you can pull me on that. But the Atlanta Falcons could use a running back like uh, Marlon Mack. That would be the move I would like to see. And the last guy I want to talk about is Ronald Jones. They asked, reporters asked uh, Bruce Arians if he wanted to trade uh, Ronald Jones, and he laughed it off. I'm not buying that. <laughs> and the reason I'm not buying it is because Ronald Jones is in the final year of his contract. You have Leonard Fournette. You signed Giovanni Bernard this offseason. You have uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who you drafted last year. You got plenty of running backs. Who are you? Ki- like, come on, man. Like, if I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay pulled the trigger and tried to get something for Ronald Jones, he could Ronald Jones can be serviceable if he gets a starting role. Like we I've talked to a couple of people about this on Twitter and he can end up in. uh, What was it? The Baltimore Ravens could be a team that could use Ronald Jones. You know, they they have a bunch of older, slower guys. You know what? I won't even say slower. Devontae Freeman. Are looked looked all right last week. Le'Veon Bell, he's finally. I think they've been holding on to Le'Veon Bell and making sure that he's right and he knows the offense in and out. Because Latavius Murray, he's a plotter. You know, he's a he's a big stomping running back. He's not. He he's not what they are using or used to. Like J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, those guys were averaging about five yards a carry or four point seven plus. You know, you're not getting that from Latavius Murray. Not not the kind of breakaway speed that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards get. So you're just trying to get through the season. You know, you take a one-year shot on Ronald Jones. You let him finish out his rookie deal. And then you could either move on or you can sign him. And then you have a nice uh, running back group with Edwards. I mean, uh, not Edwards. Uh, yeah, Gus Edwards, Dobbins, and Jones, if you want to go that route. But I think they're going to move Ronald Jones. There's no sense in keeping him. Um, You have enough depth right there with the guys that I mentioned earlier. It's just a matter of where he can go and if he can be used. So that's one of those things that if it if it happens, you're going to hit the waiver wire, try and grab him um, before anybody else does uh, once the news comes down. But those are the four guys. I'll get in more depth in the article I'll be posting on the fantasyfinest.com. That will do it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we always appreciate you guys giving us your time. Uh, 
Um, but then we'll wrap up and close this episode. Hopefully you get this, get to listen and um, get your guys set up, get your lineup set up. Um, and hopefully you get those by apocalypse W's this week. Cause it's, Oh boy, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's enough for me, man. You guys enjoy the episode. Get those W's. Let me know how you do. You can always talk to me on social media. I don't bite. And um, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram too. And make sure you check us out on thefantasiesfinance.com. We got more articles dropping. So always a pleasure to get um, some readers. And make sure you subscribe to the website too. But that's it. I will talk to you guys later in our next episode. You guys be safe and peace. To the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.